You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. The French Revolution set Europe ablaze. It was an age of enlightenment and progress, but also of tyranny and oppression. It was an age of glory and an age of tragedy. One man stood above it all. This was the Age of Napoleon. I'm Everett Rummage, host of the Age of Napoleon podcast. Join me as I examine the life and times of one of the most fascinating and enigmatic characters in modern history. Look for the Age of Napoleon wherever you find your podcasts. Hello, and thank you for joining this special edition of the American Revolution. I'm trying something a little different this week. In a few minutes, you will be listening to an episode from the History Daily Podcast with Lindsey Graham. No, not that Lindsey Graham. This is a podcaster from Britain who releases history episodes on most weekdays. The History Daily Podcast is a more general history podcast that deals with all sorts of historical events, not specifically the American Revolution, not even specifically U.S. history. I thought you might be interested in giving it a quick listen and seeing if it's something you'd want to try. A while back, Lindsay recorded an episode about the Battle of Princeton. I thought that would be a good introduction to his podcast. It gives you another opportunity to hear someone else's take on this important event. I'm trying to see if people would be interested in being introduced to other good history podcasts, and this is my first attempt to do that. As always, I welcome your feedback on this experiment please feel free to email me or reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter. Next week, we will be returning to our regular programming at the Battle of Ramsar's Mill. In the meantime, please enjoy the History Daily's take on the Battle of Princeton. It's 8 a.m. on December 26, 1776, in the city of Trenton, New Jersey. Inside the bedroom of a small house on King Street, a group of German soldiers, known as Hessians, wake up with stinging hangovers from the previous day's drinking. They've been celebrating Christmas with plenty of beer, and some of these men are determined that the festivities will continue into today. As the men rouse and then immediately pour glasses and toast to their health, They feel they've earned this brief Christmas reprieve after months of heavy fighting against the colonial forces. These 1,500 Hessians are soldiers for hire. They've been on the payroll of the British Empire ever since the American colonies declared their war of independence. In that time, the Hessians have earned a reputation for being fearsome warriors and have helped to decimate the Continental Army led by General George Washington. At the Battle of Long Island in Manhattan, the Hessians slaughtered colonial troops by the hundreds They don't consider the dwindling American army to be much of a threat, nor do they expect to have to defend themselves this morning. But outside in the street comes a shout of alarm. Der Fiend, der Fiend. The enemy, the enemy. Shooting starts, and the Hessians scramble out of bed and grab their bayonets. Some of them take the time to put on their bright blue uniforms, while others simply dash out of the house in their underwear. All along the main road, Hessians emerge from various homes in astonishment to find colonial soldiers on horseback streaming into the snow-covered streets of Trenton from two sides. Backed by the sound of thunderous cannons, the colonial soldiers are heavily armed, and they appear to outnumber the Hessians two to one. 
Until today, the Hessians were convinced that they were on the winning side of a bitter conflict between the British colonists and the American patriots. But starting at Trenton and culminating in just over a week's time, George Washington will lead a series of victories that will prove the American Revolution is far from over. On January 3, 1777, at the Battle of Princeton, Washington and his army will perform an extraordinary military feat that will turn the tide of the war and alter the course of history. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From Noiser and Airship, I'm Lindsey Graham, and this is History Daily. History is made every day. On this podcast, every day, we tell the true stories of the people and events that shaped our world. Today is January 3rd, 1777, the Battle of Princeton. It's December 26th, 1776, in the city of Trenton, New Jersey, just over a week before the Battle of Princeton. General George Washington, the Commander-in-Chief of the Continental Army of the Thirteen Colonies, observes the Battle of Trenton from the high ground at the north of the city. From here, he can direct his army of 2,400 men and witness the action from a good vantage point. He has a decent view of the two main streets at the center of Trenton, although they are now clouded with musket smoke. But the Hessians are easy to spot in their brightly colored uniforms. Among them, Washington recognizes the uniform of Colonel Johann Rahl, the commander of the Hessian Brigade. Rahl rides a horse through Trenton, trying to regain control of the city, but it's a lost cause. Washington's plan for this surprise attack was simple but effective. He divided his men into two flanking columns that would attack the city simultaneously under the cover of darkness, backed by cannon fire. The outnumbered Hessians are already buckling under the onslaught, and Washington feels proud that his plan is working and that his army is performing especially considering what a poor state they were in just days before. Ever since the Continental Army's defeat in New York at the Battle of Long Island, an alarming number of his soldiers have deserted. Washington needs a big victory to boost morale and recruitment. He knows that if he cannot secure some key victories for the Continental Army very soon, morale will plummet even more, and this glorious revolution that he and so many others have devoted their lives to will be doomed to failure. To that end, his army has just performed a daring feat that will go down as one of the most significant moments in American history. Late yesterday evening, under the cover of darkness, 
Washington and his army managed to row themselves and their heavy artillery over the freezing Delaware River in order to carry out the surprise attack on Trenton. It was a hugely perilous and logistical challenge, especially considering that most of his men can't swim. At any point, thick packs of ice could have collided with their boats, pulling them into the icy depths. Washington considers it a miracle that it didn't happen. Instead, in the early hours of December 26th, he and his entire army successfully made it across the Delaware and began the grueling nine-mile march to Trenton. Washington had been privately concerned that putting his men through such an ordeal the night before a battle might break their spirits, but as he watches the vigor which with they attacked the Hessian garrison, he realizes he was right to believe in them. Washington watches as Colonel Rawl unsuccessfully attempts to rally his troops and establish a defensive perimeter. The Hessians have garnered a reputation for being formidable opponents, but today Washington's men prove the tougher combatants as they surge through the streets, shooting Hessians down on every corner. Washington feels little pity, considering what they did to his troops on Long Island. Just then, Washington hears a gunshot crack above the fray. He watches as Colonel Rawl, the Hessian commander, slumps over his horse and falls to the ground. With their commander dead, it doesn't take long for the remaining Hessians to throw down their weapons and surrender. Washington exhales in relief. With the battle over, Washington and his generals assessed their victory. It soon established that 22 Hessian soldiers were killed, including Colonel Rawl. 92 were wounded. 900 have been taken prisoner. The rest have fled the city. By contrast, Washington is informed that his army has only suffered two deaths this morning, with only a handful of casualties. But Washington is not ready to celebrate just yet. However morale-boosting this victory at Trenton might be, Washington knows it's just the beginning of his campaign. The more pivotal battle will take place just north of here on January 3, 1777, in Princeton. There, General George Washington will lead his newly emboldened troops into a battle that will turn the tide of the war. This episode is supported by the food delivery service, Factor. It's spring now, and we all want to spend more time outdoors, enjoying life, not the kitchen. Factor ensures you have fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that you can prepare in just two minutes. Each week, you get a menu of 35 meal options, as well as 60 add-ons, including breakfasts, on-the-go lunches, snacks, and beverages. You can customize your orders to get as much or as little as you want each week, and can pause or make changes to your orders at any time. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. It's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Now, they even have a special deal for fans of the American Revolution podcast. Head to factormeals.com ARP50 and use that code ARP50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code ARP50 at factormeals.com ARP50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. It's December 30th, 1776, four days before the Battle of Princeton, on the south side of Assenpink Creek, a small tributary that flows into the Delaware River, which divides New Jersey from Pennsylvania. 
General George Washington rides atop a large black steed and addresses his assembled troops of over 2,000 men. He knows the outcome of the appeal he is about to make is vital to the success of the American Revolution. He is also aware that he's already asked a great deal of these brave soldiers. But he has no choice but to persuade them all to keep fighting, even though as of tomorrow, most of them no longer have to. On December 31st, the enlistment of many of his soldiers will be up, meaning his men can legally leave the army and return home. To entice them to stay and fight, he's offered them a bounty of $10 per man, the equivalent of just over $300 today. But Washington knows this small amount of money alone will not compel them. He hopes to appeal to their sense of duty. He tells them, My brave fellows, you have done all I asked you to do, and more than could be reasonably expected. But your country is at stake, your wives, your houses, and all that you hold dear. If you will consent to stay only one month longer, you will render that service to the cause of liberty and to your country, which you probably can never do under any other circumstances. Upon completing his speech, Washington waits to see if anyone will step forward to show their allegiance. For some long seconds, it appears nobody will. Then one soldier volunteers, then another. Before long, all of the assembled troops have stepped forward to declare their loyalty to Washington and to the revolution. Washington nods in appreciation, knowing that with strong-hearted men like these, anything is possible, even defeating the British. It's January 2nd, 1777, on the north side of Assunpink Creek in Trenton, New Jersey. Lieutenant General Charles Cornwallis, commander of the British infantry, is frustrated. He marched here with thousands of red-coated soldiers to take back Trenton from the Americans. Cornwallis expected to easily overwhelm Washington's forces, which are only roughly half the size of his. But the Continental Army has not been so easy to defeat. As Cornwallis marched towards Trenton, Washington's troops employed delay tactics, repeatedly attacking Cornwallis and then retreating in an effort to buy time. Washington used that time to build a defensive line on the south side of Assunpink Creek. Washington and his men have formed ranks safely behind it. And now Cornwallis and his troops stand on the north side of the creek. In order to attack, Cornwallis's men must first make it across a small wooden bridge. Three times now, Cornwallis has ordered his men to cross that bridge, but each time his soldiers were repelled by American cannons. The bridge is now red with British blood, and night is falling. Cornwallis is irritated, but confident that Washington is pinned down with nowhere to run. So Cornwallis orders his men to make camp for the night, telling them, we've got the old fox now. We'll go over and bag him in the morning. Throughout the night, the British try their best to keep a watchful eye on the Continental Army. They can't see the enemy over the high trees, but they do see the flames of their fires flickering through the branches. And they hear the clang of their tools as the Americans prepare to set up permanent camp. At dawn the next day, Cornwallis orders his men to charge the bridge for a fourth time. He is delighted when they meet little resistance, but when Cornwallis gets to the other side, he is astonished to discover that the fox has slipped away. Instead of encountering Washington's full force, the British find the camp deserted. Soon Cornwallis learns the truth. General Washington knew he was outmanned, so he ordered a small number of his men to clang tools and burn fires high throughout the night to trick the British into believing they were making camp. At the same time, he marched the bulk of his army northeast to Princeton to launch another surprise attack. 
It's January 3, 1777, at dawn. On the road to Princeton, General Washington has stopped his advance to consult with one of his top advisors. Washington wants to take Princeton, Cornwallis's primary route of communications with British-occupied New York. Washington received intelligence reports that the west side of Princeton is heavily defended, but the east side is open. Washington hoped to reach Princeton before daybreak and attack the city from the east, but traveling at night took longer than expected. Now, as he confers with his fellow officers, Washington is frustrated because the sun is up and he's still two miles away. Without the cover of darkness on his side, Washington is forced to alter his plan. He orders most of his troops to continue on to Princeton, where he hopes to surprise the 1,200 British troops who are garrisoned there. But he also orders one of his officers, Brigadier General Hugh Mercer, to take a small detachment of 300 men west to destroy a bridge to slow Cornwallis's ability to pursue them. But with these orders, Washington has just sent General Mercer and his detachment right into the sights of the enemy. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's January 3rd, 1777, at Clark Farm, not far from Princeton. General Mercer and over 300 troops make their way through an orchard in the early morning light. Mercer and his detachment are on their way to destroy a nearby bridge, and they are in grave danger. 2,000 British troops have spotted them and are poised to attack. Last night, Lord Cornwallis ordered these soldiers to leave Princeton and march south to Trenton to help Cornwallis attack General Washington. On their way, these British soldiers spotted Mercer and his detachment on the march. Now, the British officer in charge orders an attack. The stillness of the morning is interrupted by a cacophony of gunfire. Eventually, the Redcoats charge with their bayonets in the air. But when they see General Mercer at the center of the ferocious fight, they are certain he must be George Washington. The British soldiers surround, taunt, and stab Mercer repeatedly until he falls to the ground mortally wounded. The British roar in triumph, but they have not killed the man they think they have. Instead, they will meet Washington later. When he receives news of Mercer's death, Washington is devastated. He sends a militia to aid what remains of Mercer's detachment. But seeing the state of Mercer's men, the militia begins to flee. Eventually, Washington rides into the fray himself with reinforcements and rallies the fleeing militia, leading a counterattack against the British troops that places him directly in the field of fire. One of Washington's officers pulls his hat over his eyes to avoid seeing his commander killed in the crossfire. The 
two armies fire incessantly, and soon the field is completely obscured in a cloud of smoke. When it clears, Washington is unscathed. He waves his men forward. The overwhelmed British are forced to break ranks and retreat from the city. Galloping after them, Washington cries out, It's a fine fox chase, my boys. Soon after this, Washington drives what's left of the British garrison out of Princeton. Washington achieves a well-publicized victory, one that renews confidence in America's ability to break free of British rule. And as a result, over the coming months, many new recruits will join the Patriot cause. Just two weeks earlier, the Continental Army had been on the verge of defeat. But now, thanks to the military prowess of George Washington and the resilience of his men, the American Revolution looks poised for success. But the War of Independence is far from over. There will be six more years of fighting before ultimate victory is achieved. But thanks to the stunning set of victories that culminated at Princeton on January 3, 1777, the eventual success of that revolution felt for a moment inevitable. Next on History Daily, January 4, 1853, after being kidnapped and sold into slavery in the American South, Solomon Northam regains his freedom. From Noiser and Airship, this is History Daily, hosted, edited, and executive produced by me, Lindsey Graham. Audio editing by Molly Bach. Music and sound design by Lindsey Graham. This episode is written and researched by James Benmore. Executive producers are Stephen Walters for Airship and Pascal Hughes for Noiser. The Civil War and Reconstruction was a pivotal era in American history. When a war was fought to save the Union and to free the slaves. And when the work to rebuild the nation after that war was over turned into a struggle to guarantee liberty and justice for all Americans. I'm Tracy. And I'm Rich. And we want to invite you to join us as we take an in-depth look at this pivotal era in American history. Look for the Civil War and Reconstruction wherever you find your podcasts.